It's the bad yes. days that make the good days worth yes. living. Don't you see? My name's Baxter. And <laughs> I'm a call hero. Me Bax for short. I'm Bax. <laughs> and I'm the coolest steampunk hero of all time. Bax is back. I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By... get this thing started yeah oh is, is this the intro this is the intro yeah welcome everybody to written by the number one screenwriting podcast in the world behind every single other one right behind all the others i'm your host chase bridges um robert therrell and i went viral on tiktok yesterday wait really yeah really okay i what? i posted a clip from church stories uh-huh. I posted my uh, my bit about Johnny Cash being a liar. Yeah, I just posted like a short clip of oh, that. You know, I scrolled past that, but like right when you first posted it, so it had like twenty likes. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. I posted it last week. Uh huh. And it and it got like a thousand views or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, that's disappointing. I thought that was really funny. Uh-huh. And then I opened TikTok yesterday and had thirty thousand notifications. Wow. <laughs> and uh so yeah it has like 40,000 something views just yesterday. So I was like, yo. Hey. And I and I made sure to put, you know, church stories in the thing. So hopefully it got some uh it got some streams. We need a a written by clip to blow up like that. Yeah, yeah, we need to we need to get on that. I guess uh, I guess we should just be funnier. <laughs> I mean, do we do we have any bits that have potential? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Yeah, and it's also it's a video thing. That's true. Yeah. Audio is hard to market, man. It's hard to market uh-huh. this podcast because it's just two dudes in a room talking and creating stories. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. It's difficult. I think I think we could we could just post you freaking out about Scooby Doo Two Monsters. Yeah, that's on me. true. <laughs> I do love Scooby Doo. I talked the episode of Church Stories that came out today. Actually, oh, we I, recorded, I caught a little bit of that. Yeah, we recorded the day after we recorded the episode <laughs> where we talked about Scooby Doo too. Yeah, and I went on another tangent about Scooby Doo. <laughs> I I was like, right before I came over here, I saw a video that kind of reminded me of you. It's a Twitter <laughs> video. It's called "Girl at Bachelorette Party Who Can't Stop Talking About Pirates of the Caribbean to <laughs> Dead Man's Chest." <laughs> And it's just <laughs> these people on a boat or these people like drinking martinis or dancing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, dude. So the animation is like way ahead of its time. <laughs> the CGI like, is amazing in that movie. Dude, for real. Davy Jones, I bro? remember seeing that and just being blown away and it still holds up. I could talk about Pirates of the Caribbean all day too. <laughs> I'm, I've learned that like, I used to think I didn't have that many interests. I was like, I'm kind of boring. I don't have that many interests. But then, like, if I really like get down and talking about it, uh-huh. I just, I just love movies so much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Doo, Pirates of the Caribbean, anything Johnny Depp, really. Uh-huh. I'm gonna put that in the bowl one day. Johnny Depp movie, and we have to write, we have to make a Tim <laughs> we have Burton to make something for Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. I think I think we can we could create a movie that someone else could be obsessed with on this Ooh, episode. We're manifesting it. Yes, it's going to be a good episode. 
Because I think I think every time we've said that, it ends it up being been. a good. Yeah. So maybe we just need to say that before every episode. Robert, I think that this episode is going to be the best episode of all time. It's going to be incredible. So far. Yes. We don't want to put an end cap on it. Exactly. Yeah. We, we don't, don't want to peak. peak here. We're going to peak here, but it's going to be. That would be embarrassing. Yeah. Can you imagine if we peaked uh, at like 20, <laughs> what is this, four episodes in, 23 episodes like in? that, yeah. All right. Let's make a short film. I'm reaching in. Reaching in. I'm pulling out all the wacky voices for this one. Wacky voices. So. <laughs> all right. Ooh, we got we got steampunk. Okay, so you you put this one in. Yes, I put this steampunk. in. Steampunk. I'm steampunk is like it's perplexing to me. It it is a fascinating yeah. genre. Almost. For those of you that don't know what steampunk is, it's like a mashup between like Victorian era style and like futuristic machines and stuff. So it's like flying machines and flying cities and stuff but it's all steam powered and everyone yeah. looks like it's the 16 or 1700s or something yeah i i've always think i've always thought it was fascinating as well because it's very much like what if all of these super futuristic sci-fi gadgets and stuff yeah. occurred before we even had electricity. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I want to know who came up with steampunk. Like, who originated that? Or actually, I think we did some research about this when we were writing our feature. Because we have a character... Or the feature we wrote has some steampunk elements. Right? What, what? Or we had a character that we thought about using that's in the public domain. Oh, that's right. We did have a... There was a public domain character that's kind of steampunk. And I remember yeah. when I was researching the character, because you brought them up, it was like Annie, something like that. Yeah. I, and yeah. it was like, she was like the first ever steampunk character or something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia it's a mixture of Victorian era romantic view of science and literature, elements from the Industrial Revolution. It says some steampunk fashion is designed with a post-apocalyptic era in mind. Hmm. Uh, That's cool. To where it's like the world, like an EMP dropped, and so we don't have electronics, so we had to like revert back to steam power. <laughs> I don't know. Almost, I kind of like the alt history angle, where it's like, what if? What if humanity was like had all the technological advances that we have now where we just keep on advancing and advancing yeah. at a exponentially quick quicker rate, but that happened in the Victorian era? Yeah, that's super cool. I think I'm trying to think of like some steampunk movies. I was about to yeah. I immediately think. think of uh The okay. Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Is steampunk. Yeah. Uh, in the Wikipedia, uh, see, none of these quite read as steampunk to me, but it's saying like the Golden Compass, which I could kind of get. Never Sweeney Todd. Oh, Sweeney Todd does not seem steampunk. That no, just seems no. Victorian era. Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. That's just, that's just Though, that is era. that is steampunky though. I think okay because they do have some pretty weird gadgets in that. Oh, I guess I guess gadget wise, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a that's another thing that fascinates me about it is it's such like a specific genre in like fantasy just, type, but there's not really a big movie. A, uh, there's not a big movie for it. I, I think um, Treasure Planet might possibly. Ooh, that's a good one. I've I don't think I've seen that in a super long time, mm -hmm. if I've even seen it at all. 
Yeah. There's some movies that like I just assume I've seen because uh-huh. they're like in the zeitgeist of like everyone's seen these movies. Exactly. And it's like something you might have seen as a kid. Yeah, you just don't remember really it attention. well. Like yeah. Treasure Island is one of those for me. I definitely yeah. remember watching it as a kid. I couldn't tell you the first thing about that movie. Uh-huh. But I'm in the, I'm the same way with Men in Black 3. I know I watched it. <laughs> uh-huh. Could not tell you the first thing about that movie. Yeah. I mean, me neither. <laughs> okay, so what's, uh, how, do, how, how are we doing? Steampunk short. Steampunk. I definitely, I like the idea of creating this steampunk world that uh-huh. we really haven't gotten to dive into in, in pop culture. Yeah. Maybe this will yeah. be the, the first of a series. Like, yeah. we'll have a whole trilogy of short yeah. films in this world. Or we just, we have this world and we could do like a short in it. Yeah, that leads to a feature. I can, man, I feel like there would be demand for a steampunk feature. Man, we would have to, we would have to hire someone to build stuff. (laughs) And we would have, it would be a set. Oh, you know, you know, you know, the thing in our feature that was steampunk was, uh, our main villain he has a gun and we were trying to think of something that's like yeah. futuristic yet classic and like the only like adjective we could think of was, was steampunk, steampunk yeah. so you have like steampunk-esque gun like written in there a whole lot that's true man what yeah. a great story yeah. maybe nah I, I, we'll talk about that after okay i don't want to talk i don't want the i don't want to be overheard so i think one fun aspect of steampunk i think in a lot of in a lot of ways in pop culture, it doesn't exist as like a fully fleshed out world. It's like a fashion style, and then it's like the gadgets and the vehicles and stuff. So I think the essential aspects of it, yeah, are they got to be dressing cool, and there's got to there's got to be a cool like gadget or a cool vehicle like at the center of it. Like maybe in our short, like someone invented some kind of like cool steampunk weapon. Like this guy's outfit. Yeah. We'll put this on the Instagram. Yeah, he's got a steampunk robotic arm. And it's just like, I want to know this guy's story. You know what I mean? Maybe we do, do we do Frankenstein, but a steampunk monster? You know what I mean? Or do we do, oh, what if, what if, yeah, I could kind of see where it's like this steampunk inventor made the first like steampunk cyborg or something yeah or maybe his steampunk brother died and they made him and he, back he to tried life. to bring him it's back like to steampunk life cyborg yeah i love how i'm using steampunk as an adjective for absolutely everything yeah that's what i i've got steampunk pulled up because like steampunk to me is the gadgets it's yeah. the technology of the time yeah it's a distinct look, but I wouldn't know how to explain it. It's yeah. It's just it's like if the technical revolution happened in the Victorian. Yeah, era. and that's super cool. Yeah. And there's definitely something really fun here. I think it'd be cool if there was like a mad scientist in the Victorian era, and like everything else is kind of normal. But there's this one scientist there's that's one almost guy. like originated the steampunk thing, and he. I love mad scientists. Yeah. We don't get enough yeah. of those nowadays. Yeah. You ever seen um, Gene Wilder? Oh, 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 uh, oh. Gene Wilder's Frankenstein. What is that? Uh, Young Frankenstein? Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. yeah. So, oh, man. We don't have enough mad scientists. <laughs> uh huh. So, yeah. We, okay. we have a mad scientist who's in Victorian era England uh-huh. and he's creating these steampunk inventions. 
but I don't think he's necessarily. Do we do like a we like we have a secret agent character who's like saving the day, like a like a steampunk superhero? Do we have a do we do a like a, a monster, a steampunk monster, like how we said with Frankenstein? Yeah. Do we is the mad scientist? What like? Oh, there's so much to do. Yeah. Oh, I like I, this is cool. Yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> I like I like it being kind of a take on Frankenstein. Steampunk like, Frankenstein's like, cool. Okay, if we're doing a short and we want to eventually go for a feature, the cool thing to do in the short would be like this is where the steampunk thing kind of originates. So it's like it's Victorian era. Oh. Everything's Victorian, but there's one scientist that's like way ahead of his time. And he creates the one invention. That kind of sets everything off. I like that, like, maybe he creates look at this a dude. cyborg person. Look at this yeah. guy. Yeah, look We're going to be putting all kinds of pictures on the Instagram when this episode drops, because this is so cool. Yeah, what if he, like, creates a cyborg person, and then the cyborg turns on him? Oh, and starts, and starts using, attacking. Using all of his creations for evil. Like, have you ever seen the the movie the wind rises no i have not what is that okay it's about it's about a japanese airplane designer that's living during world war ii and he just wants to make planes just for the beauty of humanity flying and everything but since he's in japan in world war ii they want him to make fighter jets okay what if there's this inventor that just wants to like help out and do good things but this one dude like kind of gets a hold of his technology and starts using it for evil. It's almost like a Tesla versus Edison type dynamic, maybe. Ooh, okay. What about this? We have this mad scientist. Mm-hmm. And he creates this, you know, steampunk Frankenstein, we'll call him for now, before yeah. we figure it out more. Uh, why he creates him, we can get into that later. Maybe it's the dead brother he brought back to life. Mm-hmm. Regardless, this monster is w- smarter than he would ever imagine. And yeah. he starts using these inventions to do what? Terrorize? To yeah. crime? To... Oh, I think this is... This, this would be a cool villain arc. You know how in the Deathly Hallows when... When they're talking about the legend of the Deathly Hallows, somebody mm-hmm. uses the magic stone or whatever to bring back a loved one, but yeah, they're unhappy. The resurrection stone, yeah. Yeah, they're he unhappy doesn't... because they were supposed to pass on, right. and now they're brought back into the world. And they're world. miserable. What if he uses technology to revive a dead relative, like a dead brother that he misses, but the dude his soul is supposed to have moved on, but now it's back in the mortal realm. And so he's like tortured. And And since he has the technology, he can't die. He can't go where he belongs. And so that is what drives him crazy and causes him to like terrorize. Yeah. Cause he can't die. He's a machine. Yeah. His like consciousness is uploaded into this machine. It can never go away. Meaning he can never have peace. So it drives him crazy. Uh And what, so he, Maybe he tries to bring the end of the world because he's like, if oh, I end yeah. the world, the I will world no ends, longer exist. Yeah. Huh. It's almost like we're writers or something. Wow. Okay. So I think we're getting somewhere. We have a cool monster mm-hmm. character. We have a cool mad scientist character. Yeah. We have, that's about it. We have, <laughs> we have what the monster wants. He wants yeah. to end the world so that way he can finally yeah. pass. I think what would happen in the short, it would be, the the 
Frankenstein type person starts to go crazy and try to bring on the end of the world. And it's the mad scientist trying to stop him. And it would be like at the end of the short, he fails. And then we tease to another character that in a larger version of the story is going to take on this character. Wow, that's so cool. So, oh, man, I definitely think we need like a we need like a. I think that character that you just said that shows up at the end to tell the larger story. Uh He's the the Harry Potter. He's the, you know, William Turner. He's the uh-huh. Luke Skywalker. He's the young hero who goes on the hero's journey. Exactly. Yeah. And the short is just an introduction into the yeah. world. The short would be, if we're talking Spider-Verse, the short is focusing on the Chris Pine Spider-Man. Yeah. And then it ends with the Chris Pine Spider-Man talking to... The young hero. The, yeah, the, the young, young hero. hero. And, yeah. and, oh man, the mad scientist character, You, I'm getting like... Like Rick from Rick and Morty, but not <laughs> not Rick. More of like I think a, it's like a nice Rick. You he's know? a it's nice like, guy. Yeah, like uh, like Doc from Back to the Future. Yeah, more like that. I think it's like it's Rick from Rick and Morty. If like instead of being an alcoholic, he drank green tea or something. And he's super intelligent. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not a, a, a uh, jerk. It yeah. took me forever to think of a clean way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of person I am. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, that's super cool. And I just like the idea of seeing that mad scientist character using his, like, steampunk grappling hook, and and Uh he's the one fighting the monster at first. And we think he's the hero, and he's, like, he's not your typical action hero, Mm -hmm. but he's cool. Like, he's super cool. Yeah. But then, you know, it gets handed off to the real young uh, hero, the real uh, protagonist. Okay. Oh, we're on to something. Yeah. We're starting our own cinematic universe. <laughs> okay, so I think, uh, so when we open on this short, we have our mad scientist character, and he's super smart. He's creating all these things that are way ahead of his time. He's got this warehouse full of gadgets and everything, but he's, like, stricken by grief. He lost someone very close to him, and that, like, haunts him. And everything he's doing is just trying to bring this one person back and it like it eats at him that he's so smart and he could solve any problem except for the problem of death yeah and and this is a story that's been told a million times yeah you know frankenstein Uh uh-huh frankenweenie (laughs) frankenweenie the the hit movie frankenweenie uh young frankenstein young frankenstein all of these frankenstein adaptations yeah Yeah. ours is the same but Mm -hmm. different which is what hollywood wants exactly i just the Deathly Hallows is my favorite iteration of it because it like it paints death as like it's painful, but it's a necessary thing. And if you try to fight it, it's, it's only going to bring on more heartbreak. It, it's like um, it's painful to the people. It's <laughs> painful to the people that the <laughs> it's painful to the people that did not pass away. <laughs> I had to yeah. throw another P in there. Um, yeah. it, it's it's peaceful for the person who passed away. <laughs> so who is <laughs> so who is the person the mad scientist lost? I like the idea of it being a brother. Brother, okay. Is it is it is it basically gonna be like a a Gruggle stand situation for Gravity Falls? It's like the <laughs> That's cool. two twins. That's cool, but I feel like there was I feel like there was a lot of animosity between those brothers. 
Yeah. What if yeah. these brothers? I mean, I like the idea of like they, they all they had was each other. Like they didn't have family. They were the only family they had. They didn't have yeah. wives. Yeah. They didn't even have girlfriends. It was just uh-huh. them two, and they they worked in this lab together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they're two brothers, and like they lost their parents at a really young age. So from a really young age, it was them against the world. Yeah. They had to fend for themselves, and they were going. They were going to like take over the world together. Not in like a not in the evil, evil way, way, but like but in a success yeah. ambitious ambitious way. Yeah, and you could even see like they have like schematics of like a floating steampunk city that they were going to build together. Oh, they were going to build a utopia. Yeah. Because yeah. that's fun. Ooh, what a parallel that is where the brother, before he died, wanted to create the perfect world. But then when he comes back as the monster, he wants yeah. to end the world. And he uses those plans to like try to make like an evil fortress or he, something. I feel like he's definitely building a big steampunk machine that's going to destroy the world. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like if we're going to jump into steampunk, it has to be very technology first. Exactly. Like our MacDuffin is this big machine. Okay. So we have a... Can we get some names? Oh, I would need to look up steampunk era. Yeah, I've, a, I've, I've already Googled Victorian names. Uh, Anton. Nah. Augustus. Arthur. Baxter. Benedict. Bernard. Baxter's cool. Yeah. Uh, Earl. Edgar. Edgar's not bad. Elmer, Enoch, Ernest, Everett. Ernest is cool. I like maybe Ernest and Everett as two brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Ernest and and Everett. That's what's up. Yeah. Ooh, the the movie Hugo. Oh, Hugo's that's a steampunk steampunk movie. I mean, yeah. That's another one that I know I've seen, but I could not tell you the first thing about it. Yeah. Okay, so maybe Ernest and Everett are the brothers, and then Baxter can be protagonist our young protagonist that we meet at the end baxter bax yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. because it's spelled b-a-x-t-e-r baxter (laughs) so how are we how are we gonna establish real quick like that these two brothers had all these plans together but then one of the brothers died I, I, and I came on this mission to resurrect Everett. I think we do it. We, we, we show it. We don't tell it, which was a big thing that we talked about in the Titanic episode. Yes. I, I see we open and we're, we're pushing into this workshop where we see our, our um, Ernest. And Ernest is, you know, he's got the wild hair. And it's yeah. white, and he's and he's and he's working on something. And we're seeing the the things in the workshop. We're seeing uh-huh. all of these steampunk gadgets. We go over the model of their steampunk utopia that's built in the corner, and it's got dust all over it. And we see him working, and we see him building this monster. And then we have that moment. Maybe he's talking to himself. Maybe he's. Uh, maybe we see photographs, and we're going through a timeline. We see a newspaper clipping of. Uh, genius brothers parents murdered <laughs> on the alleyway like bruce wayne and then you know the next one says uh ernest and everett the brothers who won the big prize the big uh you know genius prize and then the last newspaper article is uh genius brother dies in freak accident wait a minute what if 
what if to consolidate and this might even make it a little more tragic what if they're doing some big experiment that's about to be the key to launching this utopia city yeah. what if something goes wrong during that experiment and, and that's when the it, brother dies we see it happen yeah i like that because then yeah so the opening scene would be we see these two brothers working in their workshop we see all the schematics for the big floating city they're about to build and they got to do this one thing. What's They're, the one thing that they need? Uh, I think it's got to be related to like, like the power source of this whole city or something. Or they're, they're trying like how the, some new like steam engine or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at steampunk stuff. I want to be like super. This is my favorite thing. Yeah. I'm so excited right now. Uh-huh. We're making this at some, at some extent. This uh, is getting yeah. made. Okay, I'm looking. Oh, there's such cool clothes. Oh my gosh. We got him. We're making this whole universe. We're going to this is <laughs> this is going to be our big break, Robert. We're going to yeah. be the steampunk guys. <laughs> oh man. Um I'm looking at steampunk te- technology, right? So yeah. I'm looking at something like this. You see Yeah. I don't know what this is, <laughs> but it looks like it's important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like this could blow up and kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, I think there just there needs to be like maybe there's a central steam engine that's supposed to power this whole thing because it's going to have to take a really special giant engine to keep a city continuously floating in the sky. So maybe, yeah, yeah, hmm. maybe it's some way where like they're consolidating a lot of steam. In like a very enclosed space, they're like pressing the steam down, so it's like there's like we're at like 18 million psi or something. So there's a there's an element, yeah, called aether. Okay, aether is a classical element, and in ancient times, it was thought to be the forces beyond control. In the okay. late 19th century, which is steampunk time, okay, the term luminiferous. Aether was used to describe a medium for the propagation of light. And there's a lot of room to use this mysterious element in everything from a power source to a scapegoat for natural disasters. Okay. So, so they've dedicated their lives to figuring out they're trying to harness Aether. Aether and they're making like this Aether core to power their their utopia. Yeah. Okay. And then while they're trying to harness the aether, it blows up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's almost like the like overarching theme of this whole thing would be it's almost like a man versus nature type thing where it's like aether is not meant to be contained by humans or whatever. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's like this thing said, because this is the first time I've ever read about it, so I'm not yeah. gonna pretend to be an expert. But I believe I mean, yeah, exactly. it's like it's the mysterious element in everything from a power source to a skateboard for natural disaster. So it's like it's like harnessing a hurricane. Yeah. It's yeah. like super powerful. Okay. All right, yeah. So I like that. So Oh, first, this is so yeah, cool, man. bro. I'm so pumped. First seeing Ernest and Everett are in their workshop. We see the schematics for the utopia they're gonna build together. Uh Maybe they're like getting real emotional right before they test the Aether Core. It's like this is this is the key to everything we've been working towards. Mm-hmm. It's been you and me this whole time, us against the world. We're finally doing it. 
they try to turn on the Aether Core for the first time. It's starting to work, but then things start to like shake. And maybe like Ernest is trying to get away because he could tell it's going to blow, but Everett wants to keep pushing the machine. Yeah, he keeps pushing it. And it's yeah. one of those situations where he's like, he's like, all right, first of all, how, how, what is like a steampunk accent? It's like Victorian England. Right? Yeah, it'd be Victorian. Yeah. So I'm just, I, <laughs> don't mind me. I'm working on voices over uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> are we, okay, are we saying Everett is the mad scientist, Ernest is the one that dies? Is going to resurrect. No, no, no. Ernest is the mad scientist. Okay. Ernest is our main character for the short. Okay. Okay. He's so the, yeah. So Ernest would push the machine whenever it said not to. So it'd be his fault that his brother died. Do we want it to be his fault that the brother died? Or do does the be the brother's fault? He got too ambitious. I think it would. It would be. It would be his fault because then he feels extra bad. And that like fuels that's him what to fuels him to him. want to resurrect his brother. Yeah, yeah that's a solid choice. And so I think maybe the next scene, it would be, it would be a good like 15 or 20 years later. Maybe they're like their middle age, they're in like their 40s or 50s in the beginning. And then when we come back, it's like this dude's old. And he spent the rest of his life trying to harness the I like the idea of these brothers being like 25 to 30 when we first see them. Yeah. And then... When we come back, he is, he's in his 50s. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just kind of think, I just, I, w- I want them to look a little bit like the classic mad scientist, but I think like 50 could be like a, like a, like a Christoph well, Waltz, you, you, like 10 years ago. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, they're not mad scientists at first. Yeah. They're scientists. No, they aren't at the beginning, but they would be, they would be mad during the resurrection. Yeah, right? when, when he comes back, yeah. he's like an old, you know, white hair, mad scientist. Yeah. Okay. You know, Ernest, okay. by the time he creates. Yeah. Everett. Also, Christoph Waltz. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, that would be this. great for this. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, do we want to introduce Baxter to, like, maybe Baxter is like an assistant or Baxter is like, maybe Baxter like delivers newspapers or milk to this place that he stumbles in at the wrong time. So I'm trying to think of how to incorporate Baxter. Baxter in. I like the idea of Baxter being 20, yeah. 21 years old. He's, he's going to end up being the, the big hero. Yeah. So we need he needs to have humble beginnings right yeah, yeah. Like if we follow the hero's journey he needs to, to come from like a mundane humble beginning so that way when he transitions into this new world of steampunk it's yeah. that much of a drastic change yeah so maybe i would imagine that like if someone is like has an internship or an apprenticeship with a mad scientist they're probably a kind of privileged kid so Maybe it he is, he's someone from the outside that kind of stumbles in on it. Yeah. At the beginning of the Victorian era. Like, what if, what if they do experiments on animals and he, like, cleans up the animal poo or something? Or he's, <laughs> he's like a farmer that delivers, like, the goats that they test on. But, like, he's there whenever the rec- resurrection goes awry, but he hears that, like, it's Aether powering everything, and so he knows... The secret to bring them down that no one else knows. Or... Oh, I like the idea of him being the Igor. You know what I mean? Okay. Because Frankenstein always has an assistant. And he's usually yeah. ugly. 
and a, and kind of hideous and a weird yeah. looking dude. But this is the opposite. Uh-huh. He's the leading man, you know. But I like the idea yeah. of him like kind of like he's obviously very poor. Like he just got yeah. this guy. He just got this kid. Yeah. Okay. I think I think he could be an assistant, but it's got to be more like. He's like the getting coffee and cleaning up kind of yeah. assistant. He's Victorian like, era yeah. intern. Yeah. But not in the way of like, it's like slavery. The, the scientist could be like, I've, I'm a genius. I'm about to resurrect a person. And I've invented this new thing called the unpaid internship. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really funny. He's, he's like, not only am I the brightest mind in Victorian England, uh, but I also invented unpaid labor. <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> oh, okay. man. Okay. So what, is, what does this scene look like? I'm also trying to think of how to like make this oh. all compact. Because we got one scene where it's like they're testing the thing and then he dies. And yeah. now we're here. Years later, he's maybe he's like almost become a hermit and he's obsessed over the one thing, which is cheating death. Yeah. And not to backtrack, but I think Baxter's role here is like almost like a butler. Okay. Like he's a poor kid. He's obviously dirty, but like he, you know, he brings down Ernest's meals. Yeah. He brings the tea. He brings okay. anything that he needs, tool-wise, stuff like that. Because yeah. Everett doesn't leave. Or, I mean, not Everett, Ernest. Ernest doesn't leave his workshop. Yeah. This almost, this reminds me of Pip from Great Expectations, which I think is in the same era. Uh, yes, Great Expectations, the book that every public school kid had to read. <laughs> I had to read the yeah. book at school, but I, uh, that was like the one year I went to private school. So. Oh, really? So you didn't yeah. have to read it? No, I did have to read it, oh. yeah. No, dude, everybody had to read that book. We also had to read the Jungle Book, which is, oh, really? by the oh. way, very different from the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we open on the scene where he's like almost got it figured out, and maybe Baxter is bringing him his food, and he's not eating it. Like, I've almost figured this thing out. But maybe, maybe Ernest tells Baxter to leave the room when this is about to happen, but Baxter secretly wants to be a scientist. He's secretly been reading yeah. all the books when he's not supposed to. Yeah. And so he kind of hides in the room and watches. Because he, he wants more for his life. He's an orphan. Yeah. And he just, you know, he, he thinks it's exciting. He's, he's uh, all he's ever known. So, yeah. Ernest is about to have the breakthrough. Baxter walks in, and he's like, Get out of here, you fool! I'm having a breakthrough! Get out! And then... And then that's when, you know, the big ex- explosion, electricity yeah. goes everywhere, and, and Baxter's watching through the, the doors kind of close, he's like, through the crack in the door, and he's like, oh, and his eye's big, and he's like, wow. And then, <laughs> he's alive! It's alive! And, and Everett, the, the steampunk monster version, yeah. wakes up. Uh-huh. So... Now I'm just trying to dial in on the villain Everett's, just kind of how that works. Because we have that, like, this character is resurrected, but upon resurrection, they're back in the mortal world where they don't belong. That drives them crazy, but they can't die. And that leads them to want to end the world, because that's the only way they could pass on. I'm just trying to think how, 
like why 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 can't dots? they just kill themselves you know well, he's, like his 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 consciousness has been uploaded into a machine okay so why not just destroy that machine is it like you can't destroy matter you know what i mean like uh-huh. it's conscious like he used aether yeah and so now his consciousness is tied into existence oh. forever oh, so for him to die all like aether would have to be destroyed or and something and aether is everything like it's okay. natural yeah. so he wants to yeah. end the world so that way he oh, can go I away see. okay this is cool this is cool okay obviously it's not gonna happen okay. but here's the thing about this villain that's mm-hmm. so interesting he wants to die yeah how does our hero stop the man who cannot die exactly. he's trying his best yeah and so i think that becomes a part of the the story like that yeah. becomes a part of the the journey later on yeah. so so this dude has managed to put his dead brother's consciousness inside this element and once inside like all aether contains this dude and maybe like he builds these steampunk robots that are just kind of vessels for that like he could like puppeteer yeah. one of these robots if he wants. That also makes for some cool action scenes. That's cool because you, can... you could have the main dude that like it's a half steampunk, half his actual body, but then there are other like, he has robot robot yeah. uh, henchmen. His henchmen are these steampunk robots that he's inventing, he's yeah, making because yeah. he's a genius too. My my question is, can he take over steampunk devices that Ernest creates, or just his own? I think I think there's got to be a specific thing made. Like a, like there's a type of body that like responds to the consciousness, you know. Like the consciousness just can't like go puppeteer a chair or anything. It's got to be a device that's built to receive the signal. Okay, so it has. So he's it's like Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. It has. Yeah, (laughs) he's having to invent things that can receive his consciousness. Yeah, but he could invent a receiver and put it in a robot body. He could put it in a machine. He could put it in the flying city. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And this yeah, is that, uh, that's a that's a hard thing to defeat the villain that can't die, but that's something we could figure out in the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing though. Is uh-huh. like you got to raise the stakes, exactly. and it's like there's a yeah. way to stop him, even if it's just like not killing him, but yeah. like harnessing him. Yeah, harnessing an entire element that's just everywhere in the natural world. Which is what they're trying to do in the opening scene yeah. that goes terribly wrong. Yeah, and so Baxter has like read up on all the research they're doing, and so that's why he's the one person that could possibly stop it. Yeah, and then when we introduce our young hero, Baxter, he do we have him with having Ernest as a mentor? Kind of like a, a Batman... Alfred situation. You know I what almost I mean? like you were kind of getting at the opposite, which I like that like he's just supposed to be the dude that brings him food and cleans up. But right. secretly he wants to be a scientist. And even though he's told him not to, like Ernest like thinks all this information is top secret and if it falls into the wrong hands, it it's, could be terrible. Right. So he's guarding it closely. And but I agree. Baxter is sneaking behind his back and I reading agree. everything. But after. Right? Because the way that the story goes is Oh, but I thought I thought I thought Ernest was dying in the short. So that's what I was thinking yeah. too. But that's what my question was. Do, does Ernest die? Oh, maybe upon the death scene, Ernest could like pass some information on to Baxter. Yeah, you know what would be wild? What? If Ernest uploaded his consciousness into the Aether as well. <laughs> so there's like... Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of like that maybe you have to be dead to do that. Well, he would be dead at the end of the short, right? Yeah. It almost that sounds like a thing you'd reveal at the end of the feature yeah, where it's to like, like tease a sequel. It's like, hey. Well, my thought process is Baxter, when when Ernest is gone, Baxter, is he just on his own? Oh, you know what I've always wanted to do, actually? I've had an idea for a sci-fi character for a while. Yeah. Which uh I like the idea that maybe sometime in the future, like people use algorithms to like almost kind of replicate someone's consciousness so like if your relative dies maybe you could buy like a little black box that like has an algorithm that guesses what they say so you could like go up to the box and be like hey oh, dead dad like what should AI. i do about this and yeah so i always thought what if a character like his dad passed away but he carried a box around and so it's like it's this character but then you have his judgmental dad on the side just like constantly like saying well things. that could be this that could be Ernest. yeah he could so be Ernest, the judgmental dad yeah. and Ernest can't like i wouldn't say that Ernest does the exact same thing as everett where like it's in the aether and it's everywhere but maybe his consciousness just goes in one box and he, so now, he perfected it he learned from his mistake with everett and so he uploaded his consciousness well i don't think he would have time to learn from his mistake because i think he has to I think he has to die in this scene. Because if he doesn't die in this scene, then why wouldn't you just have him save the world instead of this kid? Well, that, that's what I... I feel like we have them... Following one character would mm -hmm. be boring. They would be working together. And Baxter would be learning a ton on this journey. And then Ernest dies at the end in a big sacrifice. You know? Huh. Instead of just following Baxter trying to figure it out by himself, we need more okay. characters to bounce off of and, and yeah. play around. Yeah. Actually, I kind of, I think maybe for the short, we should just boil it down and simplify it. And then like yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. thinking larger, we could add more characters. Yeah, no, for sure. In the short though. But I like, I like as a short film, just this dude tries to resurrect his brother. The turning point is... The brother hates being resurrected. You messed with the natural order of things. This isn't supposed to happen, and the brother kills him. Mm -hmm. I think that's like basis for a short. And then the end kicker is, but there's this kid who might fix everything and on a cliffhanger. Okay, I see what you're saying. I think that's all we I need. I see what you're saying for a short. Yeah. And then when we pursue story, the larger project, like these other questions come up and we figure yeah, out. Yeah, this is, we're, I feel like we should, we should write this as a feature, man. <laughs> man, yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm into this. Uh-huh. So yeah, for the short, I think that's solid. Okay. And then in yeah. the feature version, we'll figure out the extra characters. Okay. So just to finish up the short, because we have so much here already, I think all we need to flesh out is the, uh, is the resurrection scene and then what? Yeah. I feel like that's where our dialogue Ernest. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so run through what we have. Okay, so what we have so far, we open on Ernest and Everett working in the lab. We see the schematics of the Utopia. They're about to build their Aether engine. They're on the verge of a breakthrough. They're getting all sentimental about it. They try to test it, but then it starts to go wrong. Everything's shaken. The Aether is not being contained. Ernest tries to keep pushing the machine when Everett says they should stop. Mm -hmm. He keeps pushing it. It blows. Everett dies in the explosion. And we cut to years later where Ernest is working. 
he's got, you know, he's doing all these tests in the lab, and he's got, like, Aether in there, and Baxter is bringing him his food, but he's not eating it, and he tells him to leave, and he's about to have a breakthrough. He hooks up the brother's dead body to, like, some Frankenstein-type tubes. Yeah. And he resurrects him. And then we just need the dialogue of, like, Everett's resurrected. Ernest is happy. It's like he's finally figured it out. The one problem he couldn't solve, he solved. But then Everett's just, like, kind of blank or something. He's not liking it. He's, like, in turmoil. He's in pain. Which is, like, it's it's very, like, Age of Ultron. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, all right, so for that scene where he's resurrected, yeah, I like the idea of, of him being like, what have you done? Yeah. Why, why have you brought me back? Don't you understand? I, like, this is pain. This, yeah. is, this hurts. I don't know why he has this yeah. voice. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was peaceful. But now I'm back. Yeah. Don't you see how how detrimental this is for me? Maybe this dude, he was in the afterlife and he was at peace and he's been brought back into a world with pain and suffering and and everything. he's angry. And maybe that almost fuels his desire to end the world. It's like the living is pain, the world is pain. I'm going to end it for everyone. He's been dead and he said it's way better than being alive. Uh, and he's like, so if I just kill everyone, so like, and so Baxter has to make the case for why humanity is should beautiful. Live and, yeah. Yeah. And you have that, you have that <laughs> cheesy, like final boss battle where he's like, yeah. he's like, why are you even trying to save everyone? I've been to the other side. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's better. And he's like, but there's no love. <laughs> yes. Love is what makes <laughs> living worth yes. it. Yes. Yes, without suffering, there is no love, because love is the chance of being heartbroken yeah, or whatever. It's we'll the punch pain, it up in the next draft. It's the pain that makes the good days worth. It's the bad yes. days that make the good days worth yes. living. Don't you see? My name's Baxter, and <laughs> I'm a call hero. Me Bax for short. I'm Bax, and I'm the coolest steampunk hero of all time. Bax is back. I feel like they're gonna say that a lot. Bax is back. No holding back. <laughs> okay again we're, del- we're delving into the feature version of this but because it's so awesome it is it's cool we're working we're writing this robert i'm not even giving you a choice oh right we're, <laughs> we're gonna start man. working on it tonight man okay so he's like he's in pain what have you done why have you brought me back i was at peace brought me back into this world it's got to somehow erupt in a fight yeah for sure okay maybe okay he needs to like try to kill himself, but he's like, he's like stabbing this like half metal body he has, but he's not going away. And it's like, what have you done? And he's like, you're in the aether, you're in the element, wherever the element is, you are. Yeah. It's like, no. So, steampunk, they have. I like the aether. Again, we, I just figured out about this like 20 minutes ago, but I like in, yeah. in this version of our film, I feel like the aether is almost like if the cloud was a natural element you know i think that's what it is and you know what it's our world they're just living in it it can be whatever (laughs) we want Uh so what i was about to say though steampunk weaponry i believe it's like laser guns yeah it is so it's like steampunky yeah so i would i want to see that fight 
<laughs> I want to see that. I think that's something for the feature. I think in the short, he's just doing anything to try to rip himself apart. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And it's he's like, like you're, you're in the element you're wherever in the, aether. the aether is. You're in everything. You're in the matter. You're in the elements. And there's got to be a moment where he's like, well, if I can't pass on, you will. Pulls out laser gun. Yeah. I think, I think, there, I think we, we could have a very poetic, beautiful moment yeah. where we see the realization on Everett's, you know, steampunk cyborg face where he goes... Ah, I cannot die until the world is ending. Until the yeah. world dies. Oh yeah, we do need to and he, figure that and out. He, yeah. And I think he can say something like, I can't die until the world dies, but I've been to the other side. Yeah. And I'll see you there soon, brother. And he kills his brother! Yeah. Oh, and almost like in his mind, because you always want he's, the villain to think they're right. He thinks he's, he's doing his brother a service. Because he's been... He's yeah, by been. taking him out of the world. And it's yeah. way better, apparently. And so he thinks he's doing a, his brother a service and he'll see him when he's done. Yeah. And but it's not actually better. It's just that's where he belongs. It's like people who are alive right. think being alive is better than death. It's like, but really, it's just whatever state you're in, that's where you belong. Yeah, yeah. it's know? like, I'm sure that... I think in his mind, he thinks that he's alive and everyone living is dead. Like, that's oh, kind of how he sees poetic. it. That's poetic. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I'm sure that living in some place like Finland is way better. Uh-huh. However, if you just drop me off in Finland, I would be furious. Uh-huh. I'd be like, I want to go back to South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have Funyuns here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope there's Funyuns in the afterlife. Yeah, so it's like... Will there be Funyuns in heaven? The, the Aether is... <laughs> an integral part of the earth i can't die until the aether's gone i'm gonna have to end the world and the brother's like no please don't do this and he's like it must be done he's like, i'll Trust see me. you on the other side it's better on yeah. the other side and i'll see you soon yeah. <laughs> and then baxter sees it and then that's where we just hit in because now people yeah. want to know what happens next is baxter gonna stop him like what's gonna happen uh-huh. yeah oh man is there is there some sort of like object that like baxter could come across or something we need to establish that like he's got a potential solution for this he's got a lead you know we got to end on like his clue or something yeah it's the, it, i think it all leads back to that utopia yeah if you control okay. if you can contain the aether yeah you contain the bad guy what if okay what if what if baxter He's been low-key researching all this stuff behind Ernest's back. What if Everett, he takes the plans for the Utopia and runs, but then we see Baxter snuck around and made a copy of it. So, like, he's got these plans. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's do this. Okay. Ernest isn't quite dead yet. He's laying on the floor, a bloody mess. Okay. After getting laser gunned in in the chest or whatever. And Baxter runs out to his side, and Everett, not Everett, Ernest grabs Baxter by the collar as he's dying, and he goes, my study, the notebook, you'll know the one, the notebook, you're the only one who can stop it. I don't know why they're this voice, but you're the only one who can stop it. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's cool. So as he's dying, he points him in the direction of like, maybe like a secret safe or something where a notebook is. 
and I, I saw when I was looking up steampunk stuff, there was this really cool steampunk notebook that we could get for it. <laughs> We're making this. I don't care if it <laughs> takes all of our money. <laughs> but here's this cool. Yeah. It's only $93, Robert. We could buy it right now. Wait. <laughs> oh, die. Cool. It's like a steampunk, steampunk journal. journal. Yeah. I'm sure there's cheaper ones. This is custom on Etsy. Hey, Etsy is a scam. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a $20 one on Amazon. I'll give Jeff Bezos my money. Yeah. Oh, this is sick. Oh, dang. We're, we're putting all these pictures <laughs> on the Instagram, guys. We're not leaving uh-huh. you high and dry. Okay. But, okay, I think, I think we mostly got it. So, yeah, so we have the opening scene where they almost have the utopia, but it goes wrong. Then we have the 20 years later scene where he's working on the breakthrough. Baxter is bringing him the food. Yeah. He shoot out of the room, but he hides in it anyway. Yeah. He resurrects his brother. His brother's there, but is in turmoil. He puts two and two together. That way, the only way I could die is if I end the world. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'll see you on the other side, brother. It's better over there. Yeah. Shoots his brother with a laser, big yeah. steampunk laser gun. And then he, like, he grabs the plans for Utopia or whatever and kind of takes off. And then Baxter runs over to the dying Ernest. Ernest says... You're our only hope now. Safe over there. Get my notebook. Get my notebook. And then Baxter is set on his quest. I think that's it. Yo. (laughs) This is awesome. And I have a bit of a callback. Uh, I just got tagged on Twitter. Uh Uh-huh. Someone said, at Chase Bridges, is this you? And it's the Pirates of the Caribbean 2 girl at Bachelorette. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that's how people know me. Yeah. But see, now, whenever this podcast episode drops in like two or three weeks or whatever, you just need to reply to that tweet with that episode. Because with- <laughs> I, I wanted on the record, I showed a bit first. Yeah, you, you did. You did. <laughs> I was I was actually, I was going to tweet it at you, but I was like, I'm going to see you in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just talk to me in person like a human. Yeah. Oh, dude, we got it. Yeah. And I can't wait to start developing this whole thing. <laughs> oh, we got to make it. But we here's the thing. I know we need to wrap this episode yeah. up. We need to write it in a way where we can make it. Yeah. Which that's hard with like a giant laboratory and an explosion and everything. I mean, it's not un. We're going to. We'll get funding. Okay. We'll get Indiegogo or, or we'll, we'll pitch the short film around. And try to get backers or get a grant or something. But this is this is it, man. This is gonna be our yeah. our universe that we've created. Yeah. yeah. I just like every time I try to like work on a feature with you, it always ends up being really big. <laughs> yeah. We're but very I mean it's creative. cool. I like it. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep it down to earth. <laughs> we're gonna figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna shoot the floating city on like a see my whole models. thing is like we'll just do models. I feel like in probably like 50 years or something, I feel like all these special effects driven movies are going to be a lot easier to make because special effects are going to get easier to make. And also like all this stuff with like the Mandalorian LED walls. Yeah. I could envision like maybe like 20, 30 years in the future. Like every town has a studio with that. Yeah. I mean, dude, you already can make it at home. There's already yeah. stuff like this. You, yeah. do you, a tiny one. Do you watch? No, like not even tiny one. You just need a green screen. You can do it with a green screen. You can do live 
you know corridor the oh YouTube yeah channel? No, the, the unreal engine stuff unreal yeah. engine stuff is insane no you want that led wall though i mean that's it definitely the it, best yeah. but it's like you could do it without it <laughs> so just imagine how amazing it's gonna be in 2030 all right well all i'm saying is we're gonna make this whether it be we'll make the short we'll pitch the short around to hollywood executives <laughs> Someone will want to make this movie. Probably Warner Brothers. Yeah. It feels like their vibe. If I've learned anything, you can't you can't rely on pitching things to other people. Hey. Though it's got to be you got to make it yourself. Well, well we got to get money, and then we'll take it yeah. and we'll uh, we'll we'll preview it at the Cannes Film Festival, and they'll be like, "This is everything <laughs> I've ever wanted from a movie." You guys just wait. I, They're going to play this back in like <laughs> 10 years when this movie is number one in the uh, world. Yeah. A blockbuster sensation. Man, there is there's a built in niche for this. It's there's a huge steampunk niche and there's no steampunk movie. We're I, there is now and we're making it. I, mark my words, audience. <laughs> I will not die. I will not leave this world <laughs> until this movie is made. Whether it is when I am 30 years old, 40 uh, years old, 50 years old. But preferably soon, because I want to play Baxter. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We're going to rewrite Baxter to be like 60 or something. No. (laughs) No. I will play it as a 60-year-old man, as a (laughs) 23-year-old. We're going to, we're going to like a... We're going to do like the Irishman thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to age myself down. 20 now. (laughs) Dude, let's go over this outline. All right, do it. All right. So we open... Two scientists in their late 20s, Ernest and Everett, are working hard in their lab. We see all of these crazy steampunk gadgets. The room's filled with steam and everything, and we see schematics and a model of a floating city. We're getting a good look of it. It's this utopia in the sky that they're working on. They're on the verge of a breakthrough. They've got this little engine machine. They're like, this is it. We've harnessed the aether element. This is going to power our utopia, our floating city. It's been you and me against the world, brother. (laughs) We're the only ones that have had each other's backs, and it's all about to pay off. We're about to usher in the next stage of humanity. Let's, Let's test this engine. And so they're loading the aether inside this engine. It's like this super thick, powerful steam. They're turning the machine on. It's revving up. It's running. Everything's running. Gears are turning and everything. But then it starts to shake really violently. The aether inside doesn't want to be contained. It's starting to try to get out. Everett's like, hey, hey, we need to stop this. It's not working. Ernest is like, no, no, it's going to work gotta push a little bit more we're seeing all the all these dials and these levers and everything's in the red and everything Everett's like no we gotta stop it it's gonna blow and he's like just keep pushing it we're just gonna keep pushing it's like no we gotta stop just keep pushing it the machine is shaking and shaking let it it blow giant explosion and then we see a piece of shrapnel hit Everett across the face he slashed he dies because also that way he could have a cool scar when he comes back. Yeah, too. for sure. Yeah. You gotta have Frankenstein has to exactly, have a cool scar. Yeah. We cut to 20 years later. We're in the same lab. Ernest is old now. He's working feverishly. It's the same lab, except it's like more dimly lit. 
A lot of the machines and stuff are now old and dusty and run down. But he's got, he's got this aether in a container. And he's got all of these animal corpses and these like robotic prosthetic limbs and stuff all around. Meanwhile, Baxter, kid in his early 20s, is coming down. He's got a broom in one hand. He's got a plate of food in the other. He puts the food down. He's like, hey, dude, here's your food you need to eat. He's like, no, no, I can't. I'm on the verge of this. He's like, oh, okay. And meanwhile, he's looking around at all the schematics and all the plans and stuff, and he's taking it in, and he's fascinated. But the nurse is like, hey, what are you doing? I told you not to look at this. I told you not to mess with any of this. Leave the room. I'm about to do something important. He's like, oh, okay. He's kind of sweeping as he's slowly making his way out of the room. But then he spots, he spots a pile of boxes right by the door. And he darts behind them and hides. Meanwhile, Ernest is, pulls out. He's got his brother's corpse. And it's like got all these machines and stuff around it. It's like half machine, half organic body. And then he's got this container of the aether. It's like, I've finally done it. There's never been a problem I couldn't solve except for your death. Oh. But now I'm about to do it. I'm going to be the first human that cheats death. I'm going to bring you back. So he plugs up the dead Everett, like Frankenstein style. He pulls the lever. And the aether is connected to his brain. And then he's resurrected. Baxter watched all of this and he's fascinated. But he's trying to keep quiet. Everett comes back to life. He's like this half robot person. He's like, what? What is this? Ernest is, is fascinated and he's overjoyed. He's like, yes, brother, I brought you back. I brought you back, brother. But then Everett just has this blank look on his face. After a moment of silence, just like, what? What have you done? What have you done? He's like, I saved you. I brought you back to life. It's like, why, why have you brought me back? I don't belong here. I was dead. I passed on. And Everett doesn't really know what to think. He's like, but but you're my brother and you were dead and I brought you back. And he's like, no, but this world, it's it's turmoil for me. It's suffering. I was in a place of peace. I was I was at peace on the other side. You brought me back into this chaos. And he's trying, he's taking these knives and these tools and he's trying to kill himself, but his robot body, it's it's not letting him. It's like, what what have you done? Why can't I die? He's like your body is unimportant. I put I put your consciousness into the aether. Wherever the aether is, you also are. And so the brother's like, so I can't I can't kill myself. It's the only way I could be at peace is to destroy the world. I'll see you on the other side, brother. He picks up laser gun. Where he's like, no, don't do this. He's like, no, no, you don't get it so much better on the other side you think i'm dead and you're alive but it's really the opposite you're the one that's dead come join me in paradise i'll see you on the other side brother and he shoots him and then he walks over to the plans for the floating city he takes them and then bolts out of the lab baxter's scared at this point but he walks out when he makes sure the coast is clear and he runs over to Ernest. Ernest is in bad shape he's about to die he looks up at Baxter and he's like, hey, I know, I know you've been sneaking around. I know you, you know all of this technology. You're our only hope now. Here, here's this key. Go over to the safe. There's a notebook. You'll figure out what to do. And then he dies. So Baxter goes over to the safe, 
picks out this this nice, sweet-looking steampunk journal. It's got all these plans and stuff in it. It's 1999 on Amazon.com. Nice. <laughs> he looks up with determination, but a little bit of, of fear at the same time. You cut to black. Wow. Dang. I We keep manifesting it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I spent that whole time trying to think of a title. Uh-huh. Okay. And <laughs> I feel like I don't have it. <laughs> you don't have it. Yeah. How do you, because what I like about it so much is it like, it leans heavy into a genre, but it's also like very metaphysical. Yeah. You have a lot of questions about the nature of life and death and the afterlife and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's also room for a lot of action scenes and stuff. But it's like, how do you, how do you boil all that down into one, one thing? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest. The only thing I had come up with was steampunk. Steampunk. <laughs> Bax uh, is back. Bax is back. Uh, I feel like this is the kind of thing where, like, I don't know enough about steampunk to really. Yeah. Do we want to lean into, do we want to lean into maybe, like, the utopia they were going to build together, like the floating city or something, name something after that? Or maybe it's like so I Utopia's came up, Fallen. Or I came something. up with the word Aethernaut, like astronaut, Aethernaut. Yeah. Hmm. And I thought that would be cool, but I don't know if that really explains what this is. Yeah. And, and yeah, because people that aren't interested introduced to the world right. yet, they aren't gonna know what that is. So I, I feel like it should definitely be for the short at least. Yeah. Should be something like Frankenstein 2, Electric Boogaloo. Frankenstein 2, Man. Um, uh, maybe it's just like, it's a generic, like, city in the clouds or something. Because I feel like the feature, like, that floating city is, like, a huge, like, set piece or, like, a point of it. Yeah. Because, like, this thing that they built together that was going to be Utopia is now about to be used to destroy the world or something. Yeah, but the short is more about... The death, and resurrection the death and resurrection Maybe of the brother. Yeah. I mean, okay, when I think of that, I think of like Lazarus, both the biblical story and the, the David Bowie album. Right. And the Lazarus Pit in DC Comics. Yeah. Um, what if it's just like the Lazarus element or something? Um, let's try. Let's, for the short, um, let's do something like Resurrection. Huh. Or maybe we need a little more. Or could we even lean in that it's like it's like Steam Mine would be like like if this was like a computer chip, it'd be like silicone resurrection or something. Oh, okay. Um Ooh, this is a cool word. Uh steampunk features and acrostic technologies and acrostic just means chronologically inconsistent. It's kind of like a word that means like alt history or something. That's cool, but oh, it's just like a That's definitely a word we'll keep in mind. Yeah. Um. What? I feel like for the short film, it's a Frankenstein tour story. Yeah. So, what, what if we it's call- just like into the aether or something? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I was gonna say, uh, the other side. The other side. Because yeah. that's pretty heavily, but I like into the aether. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Into the Aether. And this has been Into the Aether, written by Robert Therrell and Chase Bridges. Woo! <laughs> Man. Boy. Man. All right. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to that episode. We uh, we obviously had a lot of fun with that. I don't think I've ever seen Chase more excited about an idea than that one. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming along with us on that one. But, hey, if you want to be responsible for the next episode, if you want to submit a story topic that goes into our bowl that we draw from at the beginning of each episode, guess what? You could do that. That's something you could do. All you got to do is send it to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions. We love getting suggestions from y'all. Anyway, my name is Robert. Chase is the co-host. You can follow me at Robert two underscores Isaac or Chase at Chase Bridges two underscores. Our cover art was designed by Taylor Logry. You can find her at Taylor Logry Design. This banger right here, this beat, this super hot fire was produced by myself and Andrew Simmons. You can find him at Music by Drew or his own podcast, Home Studio Hangout, where he talks about all things music production. Anyway, if you thought this episode was cool, maybe share it with a friend. Be like, hey, I heard this great podcast. They had a great idea for a steampunk movie and and said it their way. Anyway, we appreciate y'all for subscribing, sharing, all the reviews you've left. Thank you so much. Uh, also, quick single with Fags update. We are plugging away on it. It, uh, it finally feels like it's starting to come together. Maybe like 85% of the way done with an audio mix. I've started color, and that's exciting. It's, it's starting to feel like a movie. It's starting to feel good, and I can't wait for all y'all to see what we've been working hard on for the past few months and yeah i think that's it so i will i will see you guys next week have a have a good week guys hope you have a good week stay healthy stay thriving drink some water maybe we'll see you next week <laughs>